The following program may contain viewpoints and opinions that do not necessarily reflect those of Radio That Doesn't Suck Incorporated or its employees. Welcome to Real Estate Toronto, the radio show about buying and selling real estate in the greater Toronto area with Aura Ross from the Mulholland Ross Real Estate Team. 30 minutes of hot topics and indispensable advice from experienced professionals that work for you. Now, on with the show. Excuse me for showing up unannounced. Welcome to Canadian Snowblower Home Repair. 101. <laughs> we love the autumn snowfalls. We we do. Yeah. We no, really do. It's we're, all good. We've got something more interesting to talk about. Well, sure, because no matter how cold it is outside, we're still dealing with a very hot real estate market in the Toronto area. That's all I keep hearing. I know. And so just to recap on some numbers that have just come out for October, I love this. The average sale price in Toronto climbed to $587,000 for October. Wow. And that is a 9% increase over October of 2013, which is amazing. Uh, and, and it causes us to think this market is just flying out of control. I mean, 9% since last year. What's really amazing, though, is in May of this year, our average sale price was 588 Wow. So really, October is the same as May. That's fall is the new spring, right? So <laughs> fall is the new spring. Are we at the point where I can quit my job and just live off the, my, the money in my house? No? Well, well <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Um, but I mean, what's really exciting about this for me, honestly, is that it tells me the market is not climbing 5% a month. That is a dangerous market. That's what the newspapers want us to believe when we're in this. They keep saying we're overinflated. We're in this bubble. I love the fact that our market is sitting exactly where it was six months ago in what we thought was the hottest market. We're right there. Still there. That's very stable. Yeah. Very stable. Um, interesting. Our new listing inventory is down. Which means if our invent if our demand stays the same or increases, that's when we might feel the next push up, mm. right? It, new listings coming on are low, which means there's not much for the buyers to choose from. It means there's more competition. Great. So what else are we talking about today? Well, we've got Bob Brander back from Home Checkups because um, I just learned so much last week. I had to bring him back. Yeah. And uh, horror, more horror stories or more, we're just going to get into some fun stuff. I think some, you know, look at, let's just put it out there. We are afraid of a few words out there like mold and asbestos. And we just want to, um, we're going to ask Bob uh, to explain a few things and maybe give us some comfort in knowing some of these things aren't as bad as we thought they might be. Yeah, because that word asbestos just kind of makes me kind of shiver a bit sometimes. No, we don't want to eat off it anyway. <laughs> Okay. You are, of course, listening to realestatetoronto.com radio. We'll be right back after this very short break. Hi, Gene Godfrey here from Classic FM, the album-friendly intimacy of progressive FM radio, reviving the atmosphere of the early days of FM, digging deeper into the albums and going pretty much wherever we want with the hour, completely unbound. I hope you'll join me for Classic FM. Any volume, anytime on demand and a new show every Wednesday in the live stream exclusively here at Radio That Doesn't Suck.com. We'll see you then. Cheers.
Buying or selling a home, condo, or investment property may be one of the largest transactions you'll ever make. It's important to gather as much information as you can, and preferably from experienced, successful professionals. When it comes time to make your move, call the Mulholland Ross Real Estate Team with Keller Williams Real Estate Service at 416-230-8500 or visit www.realestatetoronto.com. Whether you're making your first move or selling your much-loved family home, the Mulholland Ross Team offers over 26 years of real estate sales and service across the GTA. Listen every Sunday at 4 p.m. here on Radio That Doesn't Suck to hear the team share advice and information that will assist you with your personal wealth through real estate. Questions or topics you'd like to see covered? Email info at realestatetoronto.com or call the Mulholland Ross team at 416-230-8500. Joining us in studio is Bob Brander from HomeCheckups.ca. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Lovely Sunday. Indeed. Weather is great. <laughs> He's a hiker. He likes yes. this cold, fresh air. Oh, yeah, it's great. <laughs> so, Bob, I know um, we've talked about this our, you know, over the course of the last few weeks. There's been a lot of things over the years that tend to be hot buttons for the buyers, right? Uh, we had urea formaldehyde foam. Most of us think of it as UFI. Mm-hmm. What what's happened to the whole Eufy fear in the last few years? Eufy is a past product. It's been banned for quite some time now. Mm-hmm. In fact, CMHC is currently just saying what it was, not listing it as an issue. Okay. Uh, primarily, um, if you were to go to the European theater, you'll find that Eufy is a common product that's installed in all ho- houses. And uh, in North America, we have uh, just basically banned it outright. So nowhere in Canada will you find Eufy or any of its subsidiary products as an insulation format. No, but you will find it where? You will find it in the cushion that you're sitting upon. Ah, and really? it's, in, it's in a lot of the glue and the broad glues, and stuff. your underpad, your carpets. Uh, so basically, um, if one was to say, could do a comparative, uh, the Eufy that could have come from the house insulation variant, yes, it would have been high during for about the first 18 months and then would drop right off. And compared to today's um, uh, product in your home, right. you're probably getting more of it coming off of your couches, your carpets, your underpads, et cetera, than if you had your house filled with UV. So you're, you're at more, more of a risk to things that are right around you than this, this mythical, mythical insulation that was locked away in your attic and you went up there once a year to pull out your Christmas mm-hmm. decorations. And or it was hidden behind the walls of your house. Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. Wow. Now, and the crazy part of it is, yeah, if you talk to the fire department, first thing they say is, if you have any kind of foam product in your house, you don't want to have anybody with a, a match or a cigarette around it. Because yeah. oh. if it starts burning, it creates a very toxic, black, oh. heavy smoke. Okay, good to know. Good to know. So there's that, that, that side of it is still yeah. there. So I've noticed in the last um, few years, um, the big concern about from, from the buyers is, is finding mold. And I mean, we're we're just hearing about it everywhere on the news. You know, mold is the new. It's a new buzzword. It's the new buzzword, and I there's thousands of types of mold, right? Uh, that's being probably very conservative. If you okay. talk to the the specialists out there, uh, mold is around us twenty four seven. It's not something that's going to walk in to your house at any given time. It's already there. It might even be in our fridges right now. Uh, we're not going to go there. <laughs> but if anybody has a... 
fridges, bathtubs, showers. So uh, where yeah. where are the buyer? Where are you finding it as a home inspector? What's common for you? The most common form of mold in a typical house is, and I'm just going to use this as a euphemism because there is no such thing as black mold. Okay. Uh, if you talk to somebody who's a, uh, a specialist in molds, they will cross their eyes and turn blue before they will answer that with a straight face. Interesting. Essentially, black mold is just a variant of one of many hundred types of molds. Um, it is most commonly found in spaces that have high moisture content, no ventilation or poor ventilation, high heat, and always around paper and basically drywall, wood, etc. So that's your bathrooms, your laundry rooms. Oh, and yes, your attic. If it attic. hasn't got proper ventilation. Hmm. Well, you know, we sell a lot of homes that are 70 years old, 80 years old. Now, I don't think attics 70 years ago even had ventilation in them. No, they didn't have the ventilation that we see in today's houses. But attics of 70 years ago were self-ventilating because the houses were ventilating. They were not tight. They weren't mm. sealed they tight. They were not sealed tight. Right. So oh, air was okay. constantly moving through. So a house of, we'll say a century ago, mm -hmm. had less mold than a current day house. Because we're sealing our houses we have so tight. We sealed ourselves in. Mm -hmm. And this is where, if you, uh, if you have been uh, buying into a brand new home in the last two years, you're starting to see more and more homes have uh, what they call uh, HRVs or ERVs, heat recovery ventilation devices right. added to the furnaces, and it's now part of the building code. Because they need that air to move around. They need the air mm -hmm. in the house to be exchanged to drop that mold content, amongst other things. Wow. I've, I've actually walked into people's homes in the winter where their humidifier is so high, the windows are, are dripping. dripping. Yeah. And I mean, you've seen it, right? Oh, many times. And I can only imagine what's going on in other places of the house that they're holding, if you think about it, that much moisture mm -hmm. without the ventilation. Mold needs water, heat, and any kind of cellulose. Okay. If you remove any one of those items, mold it goes inactive. Doesn't die, doesn't go away, it just goes dormant. Okay. So you may have a dry basement today, you may have a dry bathroom today, throw in the missing element, Instant mold. Mold. Hmm. You mentioned something interesting after the show last week where you talked about humidifier pads and the humidifiers, not people not changing them often enough. If you are maintaining your humidifier correctly and dependent on the, on the type and style of humidifier, uh, minimally you're looking at the steel mesh uh, humidifier pads being changed at least once a year. Many of the vendors now are recommending twice a year. Mm. A lot of the pads are now coming with a mold retardant embedded onto the, <laughs> onto the pad yeah. because of that very product. Right. Um, in the older style and uh, that I'll just identify as the old drum, the one that drips dripping. on your, on yeah, your yes, floor. You know, yeah. It always makes that nice yeah. puddle and you go and blame the dog. Yeah. Um, that was probably the best mold builder in town. And we were pumping the and air And we were just through. blowing it in. Right. Now, the only down, good side about that whole thing was our houses were leaky as hell. That's right. So, so it was kind we, of getting some heat exchange or some air exchange. We were getting yeah. the air exchanges, so yeah. the mold went, basically stayed in a low tent. Wow. So, I mean, we've had a few incidences in the last couple of years where the inspectors are seeing the black mold in the attic. I know there's a couple of different solutions. One I've just uh, done some research on where they're going to come in, take out all the insulation, 
and then sandblast or um, uh, it's not sand. It's they use uh, it's baking basically soda ice. or something. It's carbon dioxide in a frozen oh, okay. state. Oh, okay. And they blast it, which basically skims off all the... It takes a layer of the surface off along okay. with whatever mold uh, product byproducts are there. Uh, then they have to fully um, va- evacuate all the space. Right. Then they have to run another series of mold tests uh, prox- somewhere in the two to three days after the uh, area has been evacuated. If the mold count is down in an, into the acceptable range, and again, a specialist must do this, yes. not your typical off-the-street person, yeah. uh, then they can put everything back together. They bring well, yeah new insulation, new, insulation. Well, new new plastic, new insulation. Right. Uh, make sure that everything is coated. Uh, some of the the uh, remediators now will actually spray a retardant on the timbers. Right, I've heard about that. No, that's the form of uh, evacuation. There's another type of product which is um, not as well known. It is a, li- a liquid spray that's put on. It is a, an enzyme which uh, basically. Uh, breaks down the uh, cellular membrane of the mold and neutralizes it and actually stays on the timbers. And the only way you know it's been used is if you find go to a knot, there's a brown discoloration. Okay. Uh, this is normally a two to th- three hour treatment. It's as effective, so the reports go. Yeah. Um, but it's sometimes uh, a faster solution, less costly in many cases than mm-hmm. having a team come in, ice blast, or evacuate, and scrub. Right. And then, of course, you've got the best solution, the least expensive solution, and that's seal your attic up and don't go up there anymore. Well, well <laughs> let's, let's modify that just a little bit. Okay. Seal Where's the attic door. Where's going to go when she moves in? You know? <laughs> Basement? No, I don't want to go there. Yeah. But seal, close your attic door. Make yeah. sure the weather stripping's good. If right. you want, put a couple of clips on the door so hold it in tight. Yeah. Uh, the attic space in itself is ventilated outside or we hope it is. Right. Make sure the ventilation's so, there. Uh, yeah. Air is coming through the soffits and going out through the rooftop. And if you have a modest amount of air going through, um, you get, some people will say, one to, to two kilometer mile uh, uh, airflow. Personally, as long as there's a positive airflow coming through the, the soffits and going out through the roof line, the probability of any excessive moisture being kept in the area is down to a minimum and your molds are dormant. And I think most importantly, the people living in the home are not exposed exposed to it. And I think that's the most important thing. Some people are extremely sensitive extremely to it. Extremely sensitive. They might have to do the sandblasting and all that stuff. Generally speaking, uh, according to their standards of protocol um, and procedures, anybody who has a susceptibility, we, I ask right out, do, are you susceptible? Are you asthmatic? in which case we take extra care to look for right. irritants such as molds. And if there is a suggestion of them, and there's, it can be a, a black-type mold, it could be a white hair-like mold, it could be an orangey-colored mold or a pinky-colored mold. Yes, oh. they come in many colors. Mm. Sky's Very limit. pretty. <laughs> yes. Uh, then we bring it to their attention, and we will uh, uh, recommend wholeheartedly a full mold Sure. Environmental test. Just for their own comfort. So, and what's health. the first tool that you use when you're going in to do a home inspection and you're searching for either the humidity level or mold? Is there one tool you reach for? Yes, your nose. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> yeah. yeah. First thing you do whenever you go in uh, into a house, uh, at least I do, I won't speak for everyone, yep. is that I exhale, exhale fully before I enter the house. And I breathe through my nose when I've stepped in two feet. And nine times out of ten, 
I will get enough information at that moment to put, either put me on my guard or just carry on. Hmm. But, you're, I, but you're, if, if you get that sense that something's up, you just know you're looking extra I'm, I'm hard. I'm seeing it. Right. So before we go to break, um, so, so you walk in, you take a big breath, you know, and instantly you are formulating your plan as to what you need to do. Correct. Wow. Scary, isn't it? It's you, you got to have a home inspection. Yeah, I just I just can't say it enough. You know, I mean, I, I've walked into homes. I go, oh, somebody made toast, or you know, they're cooking something. <laughs> Mold? No, they I don't have a cat. Pick that up. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'd like to if we could. We, we've touched on this before about grow ops. And, oh yeah, we love know, talking high, about grow ups. Yes, high humidity levels. You yeah. know, and and interesting things. So we'll we'll touch on that, and we've got a whole bunch of other great topics to touch on. Hopefully, we don't run out of time. I'll stop talking. You're listening to realestatetoronto.com radio. Annoying, frustrating. Uh, of course, you're referring to me. Some days, enlightening, engaging. And now you're referring to yourself. Most days. <laughs> yes. Just a few of the words employed to describe our show, The Mots. You'll come up with your own. Hi, we're The Mots, Paul and Carol. Inviting you to join us weekdays at 2 on Listen Up Talk Radio at talk-radio.ca. And there's an encore performance with Mots Weekend. You can check us out at themots.ca. Here's another word for you. Oh, I wouldn't go there. Buying or selling a home, condo, or investment property may be one of the largest transactions you'll ever make. It's important to gather as much information as you can, and preferably from experienced, successful professionals. When it comes time to make your move, call the Mulholland Ross Real Estate Team with Keller Williams Real Estate Service at 416-230-8500 or visit www.realestatetoronto.com. Whether you're making your first move or selling your much-loved family home, the Mulholland Ross Team offers over 26 years of real estate sales and service across the GT. Listen every Sunday at 4 p.m. here on Radio That Doesn't Suck to hear the team share advice and information that will assist you with your personal wealth through real estate. Questions or topics you'd like to see covered? Email info at realestatetoronto.com or call the Mulholland Ross team at 416-230-8500. You said something very interesting during the break, and I want to bring it to everyone's attention. We were talking about air quality tests And it's nice and refreshing for me to hear that you are comfortable enough to know when something has exceeded your your experience level or where you don't feel comfortable doing something that you're going to call in somebody, which is great because, you know, we get these... Some people that are uh, like home fixits and they, and they, they do everything, plumbing, we do wiring, everything. You know, yeah. tile. We'll put on an extension for you. Um, and they may not have the skills to do it. And here we have somebody saying, hey, I'm not going to do this for you, but I'm going to get somebody who... Sign of a sign of a true professional, yeah. for yeah. sure. Um, so we love mold. Well, we don't love mold. We love the conversation around mold. Yeah. <laughs> um, but another big one is asbestos because we're mm-hmm. still, as a realtor, I'm still finding asbestos in in parts of our older homes where mm-hmm. it was just used in the bu- the building materials. Yes. Um, what's your thoughts on that? I mean, in p- particular, I'm thinking first in terms of. Um, the asbestos that we see in like tile, the tiles that are the black and white floor tiles that are eight by eight, or the beige ones, yeah, yeah, those eight by eight tiles that are still sitting in people's yeah. basements. There's a lot of uh, conversation about that. Many folks uh, say, you know, take get them out. That is the perfect answer. Mm-hmm. But the real answer is, if they're not chipped and floating around, they're still firmly attached. Right. Then they're glued down. That asbestos is locked into the vinyl. So you might as well just leave it there, 
put over uh, whatever type of finish you want on top of it, right. and it's locked up. You know, years ago, we called in one of the popular companies to come give us some broadloom. And when they got to our basement, we had those tiles, and they wouldn't install the broadloom. And we had, they said, we'll only install it if, if those tiles are gone. So they have to rip everything up. So we did. We it. pulled it all up. Yeah, here's the catch-22. Uh, a basement tile <coughs> rip-out is going to be almost a requirement where you can't do it. You have to have somebody come in and professionally it's remove true. it. Put in a, uh, an area that is locked down, negatively air uh, charged mm. with filtration. In other words, it's a higher um, hazardous area. If it's, an, if it's a small amount of uh, material, we'll say uh, two square feet, maybe, you know, quarter of an inch. Yeah. It, the, the code is very specific. I'm generalizing. You can dispose of that yourself. Okay, but if you've got a whole basement? If you've got a whole basement, now you're starting into a certain amount of size. And the uh, laws in Ontario, if not all of the provinces, are very specific about hazardous material. Yes. If there's a certain volume of material, you must have it appropriately removed and disposed of as a hazardous waste material. And okay. the rules are very specific as well as the licensing requirements, the, the methodology, etc. It is not for the faint of heart and right. not recommended for uh, large-scale uh, processes for a DIY. Right. Mm. So this is not a do-it-yourself project no. this weekend. So now what about, um, because the one that I, you don't hear people talk about very much, but we see it a lot, especially through North Toronto, and that's when we see the heat vents with that little white liner. You know, Mechanical you, you, abrasion. You, so you, you open up your floor heat vent yeah. and you look down at your duct. And if you see a little white trim or gray call trim. Call collar. What do you? Collar. A collar it's around a your duct. That is a wrap. That's an asbestos wrap. That is a form of asbestos. Um, most people will not be bothered by it. Uh, if it's there, you can, um, if you want, you can get some kind of uh, liquid glue and just pour it around it. And that locks it all to up. To seal it in. To oh, seal it I up. like that. That's the best. I have not heard that one. I can tell you some of the other ones I've heard. but uh, Yeah, well, like I'm from one. the school of keeping it simple. Yeah. And the rules say asbestos becomes a problem when it becomes friable, which basically means the uh, particles get into the air, right. which is when you inhale it. Right. So the first rule of thumb is lock it up. Right. Like it. So if you have some liquid glue, put it on. That locks it up. Sorry for my dumb look, because I'm usually looking down there to fish out Lego characters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what well, down next there, the time, cat? look down. Look down. <laughs> I and will see. do that. Uh, you know, I find it's it's really common. And when, when we sit with homeowners and say, do you know if you have this? 99.9% .9 of the time, they will say, no way. Who, who looks down there? Not us. We do not have it. I lift up the vent, and there it is. There it is. Wow. Now, the cost to remove it isn't that high. Um, a couple thousand dollars. Actually, it is a small enough volume you can dispose of it yourself. Okay. If you get, if you want to get in there with your hammers and screwdrivers and pull the nails wear out. Wear a mask. And tear, you know, well, you should. You know, if you're going to do that, you yeah. want to wear, um, I would suggest, uh, N is a Nancy 95 rated mask. Mm -hmm. It's very yeah. simple. You can get it at your local hardware store. Mm -hmm. uh, that is uh, rated to take care of that type of particulate. Um, do that. I would turn your furnace off if you're doing it so that the fan's not blowing. So that uh, if you do disturb it, and you will if you're pulling it out, it doesn't blow all through the house. Gosh, you're full of such good ideas. 
<laughs> and this doesn't just go out to the end of the curb when you're done with the materials. You would probably need to take it somewhere. Well, I'm this is the gray zone. No okay. pun intended. Because it's not a lot of it's material. It's such a small amount of material. Okay. The generally accepted practice is you put it in a plastic bag, tape it up, and put it in your garbage. Okay. Okay. Now, where else are you seeing asbestos? Oh, uh, as you mentioned, North Toronto, there's a lot of old vintage homes uh, approaching, well, 100 plus years mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of houses that were built between the turn of the century up to and inclusive of the late 50s mm-hmm. uh, would have asbestos sheeting around the ductwork right. uh, and along the ducts. Uh, on any steam or hot water pr- uh, system, you will find it wrapped around the water lines. Most often today, it is a hard-looking surface. It looks like a great big overstuffed uh, cuff. Right. And as long as it's wrapped hard, not in, got into feathered uh, pieces, mm. all that material is locked up. So when I look at that old monster in the basement and it looks like it's got a casting plaster on it, yep. that's the, okay. That is yes. it. And Tell us it's the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man from Ghostbusters, right? Exactly. Great idea, the yeah. old octopus. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. it, yeah. But like you're saying, if it's hard, if it's if it's, if not, it's not crumbling, it's not crumbling. It's safe, or it's it's as safe as going to be. Oh. Right. <laughs> when in doubt, um, or glue on it. Well, well glue, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, no, that's that's not wrong. You can <laughs> put a bottle this big. You need a bottle that big. To <laughs> You'll probably need more than that. But um, the, the general practice is you don't want it in the air. Yeah. So yeah. if it's materially solid and sub and in good piece, then. If you have a concern about it, there are products on the market and there are individuals who will come in commercially that will paint the surface again to keep it locked up. Keep it locked in, yeah. So okay. still better than ripping it off. Well, you can always rip it off, yep. but it's doing a purpose. Yep. If well, as, long as, not, if, as long as it's not in what it call friable, meaning the, the dust is now in the air, it is in a safe state. Okay. But is, the moment it starts getting dusty or, cr- or breaking up, now it's becoming a health hazard. Right. So you want to lock it up, or in the uh, absolute case, and um, uh, there are many individuals out there who say it's asbestos, remove it. Yes. Well, the absolute perfect solution is remove it. Okay. But if you're going to remove it, make sure you can get all of it out, because if uh, in some cases you remove the visible part, which is the furnace room, mm-hmm. and you leave the rest of it in the walls, guess what? You've now got a raw end that is now breaking down slowly in time right, and it's now all airborne. And as you said, you know, you're going to have to tape off that room and negative yeah. air pressure and, and proper filtration, et cetera. Yeah. At yeah. that point, that has to be done commercially. Yeah. Now, again, asbestos is everywhere. We see it in commercial. It's a fire retardant that's in a lot of uh, office buildings yeah, and uh, garage pro- uh, parking, underground and, parking. And like you mentioned, you made a great point, and that was it's doing a job. Asbestos is still one of our greatest insulators, right? It's an insulator. It's a product which provides un- uh, an incalculable amount of strength to weak product. Right. Uh, it's also a commercially used fire retardant. It has right. been up until recently. Uh, I uh, Last week I was in a coffee shop, and they had some minor uh, renovations going on. I looked up into the ceiling, and lo and behold, there's all this wonderful fire-retardant asbestos uh, product. Yeah. And I'm not telling them about it, because they must know. Yeah. I, I don't think I've recalled one underground parking lot going under there and looking right. at the pipes without seeing that there. Right. L- look at the fuzzy fur on, the, on all the steel <laughs> beams and the concrete. <laughs> yes, it's true. Uh, that's mold? No, that's fire-retardant, oh, fire most likely asbestos. with asbestos. Wow. Well, that's really amazing. So I think, though, in ending, in ending the show, can we give our listeners any peace and calm 
Like if you are listening to the show and you know you've got something in your house that we've just talked about, or you're looking at a new home to move your family to, you love the home, you love the school district, you love the backyard, should we let one of these little items stop us from making a move? Short answer, no. The smart answer is if you have concerns about it, understand what it is you're working with and living with. If it is bothersome, either yeah, don't yeah. buy it or look at uh, removing it or encasing it. So it, it's it's not a, it doesn't have to end there. There no. are solutions. There are effective solutions that can be addressed by everybody. Some are, are a little expensive, but it's what your pain point is at the yeah, end of the day. That's true. And, that's again, great. and again, this is the, the point where we bring in an expert like yourself to, to help us determine, is this something we want to invest in when we buy the house or is it significant enough that we're going to walk away and choose another property? Exactly. Yeah. Because this isn't really a decision that you should be making yourself. Or or decision made because you called a friend and they freaked out on the phone with you and said, oh my God, you know, and then you come back and say, I can't do it. <laughs> I, I agree. Call the specialist, find out all the answers, see if there's a solution in there that works for you and your family. So let's take a short break and we're going to come back and recap and uh, tell you where you can find Bob. You're listening to realestatetrauma.com radio. <laughs> Back to realestatetoronto.com radio, where we had a wonderful and again entertaining and informational, informative <laughs> radio show uh, about home inspection. Who knew it could go that deep? You know what? Thank you so much, Bob, for coming in. I, I got to tell you, we we meet so many uh, buyers and sellers and home inspectors and friends of the family out there that everybody's got a fabulous opinion. Um, I like to listen to them all. <laughs> But I, I think it's really important, you know, going back to everything that was said today, if if you have questions, period, you call in somebody who can actually just answer them. I, I love the idea of ca calling a home inspector because you're not attached to the answer. If you say you've got to get rid of this or you should do this, you should do that, you're not the guy who's actually quoting for the job to get no. it done either. So whether they do it or not doesn't affect you. Uh under most professional uh, standards, home inspectors are detached from all uh, businesses that are going to do remedial work or, or constructive work, right. at least the ethical side. Right. Uh, there is, of course, the unethical, right. but we're not going there. Um, we're providing information for the homeowner or the home buyer to help them make an informed decision. So just on that note, even if you weren't buying or selling and you just owned a home, that was maybe 30, 40, 50 years old, and you were starting a renovation, would it be prudent to call someone like yourself in to say, can you give me a quick overview? I mean, this is an unbiased opinion, too, so that when the contractor comes in and tells me I have to replace all sorts of things and do all sorts of things, You've I would done think your homework. it might be really nice yeah. to have your report. Well, I would say if I was uh, not a home inspector, which I am, uh, that would <laughs> be a great idea. It would be a great idea because <laughs> now so you're, humble. <laughs> you're, you're making a decision based on information. Yeah. Right. It's information you didn't have prior. Right. And having more information at your fingertips prior to doing any kind of construction or reconstruction or renovations is always beneficial. Great. So, Bob, you're with homecheckups.ca. Mm -hmm. And your phone number is? 
647-233-9647. Excellent. And I'm Aura Ross with the Mahal and Ross team, and I am so grateful that you were on our show this week. Well, thank you. We didn't even get to my favorite topic, grow ops. Not oh. that I have anything to do with grow ops, but we're going to have to have Bob back. We're going to have to have Bob back. Because, you know, I saw him kind of roll his eyes when I mentioned it, because it's probably a topic unto itself. It is a very popular conversation. Okay. A- absolutely. Yeah. Medicinal, of course. Of course. Yes, Only. Of course. <laughs> Join us right back here next Sunday at 4 p.m. for realestatetoronto.com and catch us on Twitter, Facebook, and of course, you can listen to this on demand if you missed it. Thank you for listening to Mulholland Ross Real Estate Radio on Radio That Doesn't Suck.com. Tune in every Sunday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time as the team brings you weekly tools, tips, and discussions with thought leaders for both buyers and sellers in the sometimes confusing world of residential real estate. Is there a topic you'd like to hear or want to get in touch with the team? You can email feedback at radiothatdoesnsuck.com or call the team at 416-230-5900.